Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove podcast. We're talking Super Bowl preview. Other NFL news, LeBron James setting records. Still, I don't like him. And some MLB rule changes. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. You can find information at RighteousFelon.com. You can order on RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. I'll talk more about that later on in the episode. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined as I am every Wednesday night by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Big week with Super Bowl week, and again, lots of sports going on. So, and a lot of things just around the corner with baseball and everything. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff happening, right? Uh, college basketball is almost to conference tournament time. Uh, the NFL is almost concluded, which means it's about to start up again uh, with the NFL draft. Uh, baseball season, both college and MLB, is upon us as well. Hockey season, NBA trade deadlines coming up as well so lots of stuff happening here in the world of sports and we're going to cover it all tonight for you right here on the sports stove podcast welcome in all our live listeners on the sports stove youtube page and the sports stove facebook page and of course welcome into all of our uh, listeners later on in the podcast thank you so much for tuning in and we sure appreciate you joining us here for this episode dad let's talk some nfl news to get things started today I want to talk about the positives before we talk about LeBron because that always turns negative very, very quickly. Um, But uh, let's get into the NFL news. And uh, let's start with some news first, I guess. The uh, NFL Combine is under attack, uh, as people are saying that maybe now we do not need the NFL Combine. Not only that, maybe it's a detriment to the league. So um, this is relatively new in ESPN dot uh, com that came out with this the nflpa is uh suggesting that the scouting combine is no longer necessary um they're saying that 
basically established regional pro days, potentially put on by the NFLPA. And uh, interesting, uh, interesting ideas here. Of course, the combine was compared to a slave auction by Troy Vincent. I don't think that's fair. Um, but uh, the NFL combine has kind of been useless for the last several years because everybody realized who cares about the 40-yard dash and how many times they can bench press the weight. At the end of the day, it doesn't affect football. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the NFL Combine and uh, this idea of possibly getting rid of it? Well, yeah, I read some of that today. And um, I, in some ways, I think it makes sense. I think, you know, the Combine is something they've always had. But now um, with social media, I've heard that the interviewing process, the, you know, the teams like it much better um, doing it, you know, um, over you know over the media um then they do they 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 feel like they can get more the players these days you know uh, the younger people are more comfortable in that setting and um because the interview process was kind of a big thing as far as the physical part uh yeah w- with everything that goes on today and all the scouting that goes on um, I don't think anyone is surprised. I think people know who's fast. I think that people know who's strong. And again, that could be done on pro days and a lot of that too. And these kids were scouted for a long time. So I don't know. One of the things I thought was interesting, you know, there was a, a big deal there made about the medical part of it, uh, you know, having to turn over all their medical records. And I saw where one guy said, really, the only purpose was, um, to try to decrease somebody's value, you know, as far as the medical part. And again, I think, you know, the way things can be checked up on on the Internet and everything uh, in this day and time, um, maybe maybe the combine has outlived its usefulness and the time could go, you know, um, you know, be better spent in other ways. I Again, I you know, I know there's always players that, kind of rise on the board supposedly at the combine, but I don't know that that couldn't be done in regional pro days. And again, you know, there's a lot of scouting that goes on also. So, um, and people always find players that, you know, weren't ranked that high. So maybe they don't need to take everybody to Indianapolis, um, anymore. I know a lot was accomplished there. All the coaches were there, all the general managers were there, but again, they could find a time, you know, to get together from that standpoint too. And some of that would happen regionally. So yeah, I, I thought I had never, I had not thought about that or heard that they might stop those, but I definitely don't think it'd be the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, you talk about players rising. I, I only think it's been like one, maybe two every year that get a boost from the combine. Generally speaking, it, it really is about the interviews and about the medicals. I, I think every team should be receiving the medicals um, before they draft a guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, and if you're still going to do regional pro days, you're still going to do the same stuff, I guess. Uh, but it did seem like general managers got together and talked. Coaches got together and talked. Um, those kinds of things. So I think there were some positives on that aspect of it. But as far as the actual scouting of players, I don't think the combine does what it used to do, especially in the day and age with all the video that we have. Plus, now teams can afford to pay scouts to go out everywhere, whereas maybe in the earlier days they needed they needed this time to see guys. So 
if they get rid of it, no big deal. If they keep it, I don't care. No big deal. No big deal. I don't think either one way um, or the other. But maybe what they need, Dad, is a scouting combine to find new officials. Roger Goodell came out this week and he said that the officiating has never been better in the league, to which we all uh, think, wait, what? Um, officiating is, has has been better, um, you know, and and uh, has been worse, I think, as well. Officiating is, is under scrutiny more than ever before. We slow everything down. Uh, we see the replays. It's easy for us to see the mistakes the officials are making. So are the officials making more, more mistakes or are we just now seeing those mistakes uh, with all the technology that we have? Well, I think you may have hit on something there, or maybe we see them more because of the technology. Um, you know, again, officials, I'm sure, have always made mistakes. And like you said, things can be scrutinized a lot more now. You know, on TV, we can all see things in slow motion that, you know, you can't see in real time there. Um, so I, you know, it seems like sometimes the officials, you know, really do, you know, watch things up and make mistakes and miss some things uh, that are obvious. But uh, a lot of it may be, maybe, you know, there's more scrutiny um, at this point. But, uh, you know, again, I think football is a sport where, you know, the human element of officials is very much, I don't think you can take that out. You know, we've talked about, and we will talk about coming up, you know, baseball is making some changes with, um, balls and strikes, but that doesn't really fit in, in football. So you got to have the human element there. Um, part of what I think has caused problems has been the idea of the league making these points of emphasis. Um, you know, they make a point of emphasis and here's what they're going to look for. Well, is that really fair? And then they change that in a few weeks. Well, we're not going to that's not going to be a point of emphasis now. Now something else is going to be. I, from what I've read and what I've heard, it seems like that is confusing sometimes there. And we make a point of emphasis. Again, you're dealing with, you know, different people. So, you know, the idea of emphasizing this more might mean something different to me than it would mean to you. And, um, and I think that's what happens with officials too. So um, I, there's a lot of elements to it. Yeah, and honestly, having the USFL and the XFL in play now should help with officiating because you're going to have more guys doing it, more guys getting practice. Uh, it's going to be a more year-round thing for them as well. So I, I think there can be some positives. Obviously, it, I, I don't think it's fair to say it's never been better. Uh, but at the same time, we do over-scrutinize everything. And so it's probably not that much worse than it's been in the past. Uh, we are just aware of it a little bit more. Um, hopefully they strive to get better uh, would be the goal, obviously, as well. Uh, there's still two teams looking for coaches, Indianapolis and Arizona. Um, Dad, in our conversations, you've mentioned before that uh, we assume once the Super Bowl is done, it's going to be guys that are on the staff of either Kansas City or Philadelphia that can be getting these jobs. Um, I've heard, actually, Mike Kafka's name come up, the uh, um Giants offense coordinator, former quarterback, uh, Mahomes gave him some praise uh, this this week, and you know, so Arizona is the name I've been hearing for for him, um, and he's you know, so we'll see, we'll see kind of where that shakes out at. Um, 
And then Eric Bieniemy's name has been thrown out there recently, not as a head coaching option, but an offensive coordinator job with either Washington or Baltimore. Baltimore is the seems to be the one most people think he's going to take. Uh, interesting thing here, obviously, being in Kansas City, there's nothing else he can do there, and uh, and so I think getting out from underneath the the shadow uh, of Andy Reid might be a good thing for him. Maybe that will create opportunity for a head coaching job as well versus maybe Reed getting more of the um, the applause for the offense there in Kansas City. So some interesting options there with Indianapolis, Arizona looking for coaches, and then the carousel of coordinators continuing on as well. Any thoughts on the head coaching positions that are open or the Biennemi possible move? Well, again, I think you're right, Biennemi. It may make sense for him to go somewhere else because he's not been able to move into the head coaching job there from Kansas City. Um, I would think after the Super Bowl, um, those positions would be filled rather quickly. Uh, It may be with people off those staffs or it may be people they're interested in and decides not to go and then there's someone else because there's been coordinators of Cincinnati and other ones that have been talked about. but, you know, again, they have to wait, you know, to, to finalize some of this till after the Super Bowl. But I, I, I can't imagine that these two coaching vacancies, you know, won't get filled the week after the Super Bowl, you would, you, you would think, um, from there. And then things can kind of start. I'm, again, I'm surprised that some of the coaches that have not been replaced, but it looks yeah. like they're all, you know, Everybody's going to be set, um, you know, going into this for right now. So that, that's interesting. Um, I've heard, this is just a rumor, that the uh, general manager for Indianapolis and the general manager for Arizona are going to go on a four-day, four-night darkness retreat um, <laughs> and uh, come out uh, on the other end of that with their decision. Um, <laughs> So, so Aaron Rodgers, uh, listen, this guy, he's an interesting guy. Um, he's going to go lock himself in a dark room for four days and four nights and uh, come out supposedly ready to make his decision. Um, I mean, the guy just gets weirder and weirder. And that not, I mean, who cares at the end of the day? That's what he does. He does it. Man, I don't know. I just continue to shake my head and think, you know what? Let's. Let's go ahead and move on to Jordan Love and um and let let Aaron do whatever he wants to do. I don't care what it is, but um I, I'm ready to move on. I, I'm at that point now, Dad, where I'm not just okay with moving on, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Jordan Love to be the quarterback and the Packers to move on and and start building the team with Jordan Love in mind. Um I don't know, are you there yet? I know you don't you're okay if if Rodgers isn't the quarterback, but are you are you there where I am? It just says let's let's go let's let's move on. Probably not quite. I'm I'm okay if he you know if, if we do move on from there, but I don't know. There's there's a lot involved. I think you know if he decides he wants to play next year, I really think it'll be at Green Bay. I don't. I thought I was thinking more about it in the last couple of days. I don't think he wants to end his time in Green Bay the way it ended last year. Uh, from there, now the Packers might make the tough decision and say, hey, we need, you know, we need to move on here. Or they may put some stipulations on him that he would say, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that as far as off-season stuff and some things like that. Uh, but if they did move on, I think with Jordan Love, I think now's the time to have a lot of young talent. And, um, 
it, it probably wouldn't be a bad time um, to start there. And even coming off last year, um, you know, would probably be good for that situation. But again, I think Aaron Rodgers could have um, a great year next year with everything. Um, but it, you know, I think there's a lot of issues to it with um, different pro, different veteran players whether they're going to stay or not. But um, you know, we'll see. Like you said, he's an interesting guy. You know, going to go on a darkness retreat and and decide whether um, you know whether he wants to play or not. He did say you know this week that retirement is a real option. And I think it could be, depending on what he wants. To, I know you don't think so, but I think depending on what he wants to do next, um, you know, and what his options are, um, it, it, it could be. Um, if not, you know, the Packers, hopefully the Packers would get a good deal out of the trade and could move right on. So we'll see. I do think we'll know something in a couple of weeks because he's talked about before the march. Um you know, deadline. Well, he, said, he said when he comes out of the darkness retreat, he should have his answer. It's you, you, would like, you, you, you would like to hope. So it just. Your your daughter agrees with me. Uh, my sister says, yep, let's go. Time to move on. Uh, yeah. No more. No more Aaron Rodgers. Time to time to get on to Jordan Love and make things happen. And uh, you know what? Aaron Rodgers has brought brought our family together. Dad, uh, brother and sister agreeing. Uh, maybe we should go with his mom, what she thinks. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's like I said, I'm just done. I'm done with it. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't have anything against him. And at this point, I don't care if he goes somewhere else. Uh, I think it's neat if you can play with one team your whole career. Um, that's great, but I'd rather he retire or go somewhere else. I think I'm ready to see what the Packers look like without Aaron Rodgers. And I know it's dangerous to, uh, you know, you gotta be careful what you ask for, but I, I'm just done with it. I'm ready to move on and see, see what Jordan love has and cause they can play them this year and then decide if they're going to sign them. Right. I mean, they don't, they don't have to, we're at that point with Jordan love where we either got to pay the guy or let him go. And you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to pay the guy if you don't know what he's got. So let's yeah. see what he's got and give him the opportunity. That's my thoughts on Jordan love. And, and again, be, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is weird. That's fine. There's a lot of weird guys in professional sports, and we'll talk about LeBron in a minute. Uh, there's a lot of weird guys in professional sports. That's okay. That's not what it's about. But, I mean, he's going to go get high on some hallucinogenic in a dark room this week to figure out what he wants to do. I mean, you either know or you don't. Let's let's get on with the show and uh, and and put an end to this nonsense. Every offseason for the last three offseasons, let's just be done with it and uh, move on and see what the Packers can be moving forward. Uh, I know where the Packers won't be this weekend, and that's in the Super Bowl. So here we are. We're coming down to the last week of the season. Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. Philadelphia is the favorite, although a point and a half. Um, Patrick Mahomes still a little banged up with the ankle, but I'm not worried about his ankle. Uh, Jalen Hurts still a little banged up with his shoulder. I'm honestly not worried about that either. I think this could be a really fun, really close football game. Uh, so let's talk about that first. Um, let's just kind of break it down by team. Kansas City, they got rid of Tyreek Hill. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, and honestly, I mean, they were fine. 
but it was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Those were the guys that made the difference for Kansas City all year, and they achieved more than I thought they would achieve, honestly, uh, this season. I thought the whole Western Conference was going to be really, really tough, but Denver was nothing. Las Vegas was nothing, and the Chargers, well, they were mediocre. So Kansas City continued to do what they do, make it back to the Super Bowl with one of the best quarterbacks, more than likely, to have played the game. Uh, one of the best, I said. Um, you know, they come in, and and they're a really good football team. The defense has played good enough, and the offense has played well also. Uh, any concern about Patrick Mahomes' ankle coming into this game? Um, no, I mean, again, I guess there's concern because he probably is not 100%, but based on how he played uh, in the AFC Championship game, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem, and they've had time to – um, you know, they know the situation there. So as far as play calling and stuff like that, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback and, um, you know, he basically could be the star of the Super Bowl. So we will see. He's a great player, seems like a great person. And, um, I, no, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, the, the, I think both, both teams, like I said, it could just be a very good game. A very close game, you know, with the Chiefs. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's Travis Kelsey. You know that that's gonna it's gonna come down to that at some point. Um, but people haven't been able to stop that. And like I said, Mahomes has been able to use his other targets well. So um, I think Kansas City, you know, again with Andy Reid, will be ready to play, no doubt about it. Um, you know, they've been there. A lot of these players have been, so they should be ready. Just like we told everybody at the beginning of the season, Isaiah Pacheco was going to be an important piece to this Kansas City Chiefs team. Um, <laughs> I think we said that. I can't remember. Um, he comes in. He's the, he's the guy at running back, right? I mean, he's he's the guy they're looking to uh, in the run game. Jarek McKinnon's doing some things as well, but Pacheco's kind of the guy uh, there. They also brought in uh, Kadarius Tony during the season from New York. They've kind of just got this mesh of guys that – never really lived up to it and and they pieced it together and made it happen but again it's it's really been Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and uh they've taken care of the majority of the heavy lifting uh on this team flip the script over to Philadelphia and uh Jalen Hurts I got that both you and I really really like he's done the job he he led his team to the best record in the NFL uh, the one seed in the NFC, and now to the Super Bowl, and they're the favorites in the Super Bowl. Um, and honestly, he's played really well in that process to getting there. They've had multiple running backs. Kind of no running back has stood out as as great, uh, but they're getting contributions from multiple guys, including Jalen Hurts running the football, and then AJ Brown draft day trade acquire uh, acquired him in, in a trade on draft day. He's been everything. Philadelphia needed him to be, uh, and Smith has been good. Dallas Goddard's been okay, fine, good enough. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this Philadelphia team? Yeah, they like I said, they, they've been, you know, the best team all year. I think they're, they're very solid. They have a very good defense. 
Um, and that can make a big difference. You know, defense will be big, I think, in this game. Um, but like I said, Hertz has played well, and he does have weapons. You know, Smith has really come on, I think, this season, like what you thought. And, you know, getting Brown, that that was just a great move. And when it happened, we thought that would be very good. Right. And uh, still not sure how they pulled that off. But anyhow, right. <laughs> um, they, you know, they, they've got weapons. They've got a, a fairly good tight end, you know, that catches the ball, and they use him. They're balanced. Like you said, they're, they're running. You know, Sanders has had some really good games, but they've got a couple guys they bring in and, to me, run kind of like gadget guys that do, you know, do real right. well on score. So, um, you know, their offensive plan has been good. Their coaching has been good. Um, you know, I think the only thing would be, you know, most of these players probably have not been in a Super Bowl. Uh, this coach has not been in a Super Bowl. But I think they're, you know, they they will be ready to go. Sometimes that is a little bit of a difference, and obviously Kansas City has a little more experience there. But I, I just think, you know, Philadelphia has been by far the most complete team in the league, consistent team in the league all year. And um, so I look for them to have a good Super Bowl. Yeah, I think there's a good possibility if Philadelphia wins the game that a defensive player gets named as the MVP of the Super Bowl. Now, granted, the the odds will tell you it's quarterback, um, possibly a running back if they have a great game. But if Philadelphia wins, there's a good chance we see a Hassan Reddick possibly, Brandon Graham possibly. One of these defensive players end up being the MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, who's the non-star that has the potential to be highlighted in the Super Bowl due to great play? Because you got I mean, you got Hurts and Mahomes, um, you got AJ Brown. Uh, Travis Kelsey, take those four out of it. Um, who's who's the guy you think can can kind of burst through and all of a sudden be this star on the big screen? Well, when you look at the history of Super Bowls and stuff, you know sometimes it is a running back, and there's been running backs that you know uh, were not expected to be the star. I think years ago, a guy named Smith for um, the Washington, you know, that just had a phenomenal, unbelievable game, and maybe that would be the way here. I think more likely it might be defense, though. It'd be someone that gets it maybe on Philadelphia that gets a couple interceptions. Um, that you're not expecting or a pick six, maybe some somebody on one of the teams that gets two or three sacks uh, that are crucial like that. Um, I, I think maybe a defensive player that's not one of the highlighted guys, um, it might be more likely. All right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, special teams is always an option, right? Somebody all of a sudden burst out of nowhere on special teams. Kadarius Tony would fit that for Kansas City doing returns. Um, you know, something like that could definitely be interesting. Philadelphia's one and a half point favorites, Dad. Um, man, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know who I would pick right now. I, I know, I mean, we should probably make picks. Um, I, I kind of, I don't, I just don't know. First of all, I was completely wrong about Nick Sirianni with Philadelphia. I did not understand the hire. I thought it was a, a bad hire when they did it. I was way off on that one, clearly. I like Andy Reid uh, better than I like Nick Sirianni. I like Jalen Hurts better than I like Patrick Mahomes. Not, I'm not saying Hurts is a better player. I just like him better. Um, I like Pacheco better than I like Philadelphia's running backs. I like uh, Philadelphia's receivers better. Kansas City's tight end better. Philadelphia's defense better. 
I guess I'm going to pick Philadelphia, but I got to tell you, I, I have no idea how this game is going to go. Wh- which way are you leaning? Well, again, I think you said, like you said, it, it could be a very close game um, there, but I, I, you know, I, I, I would pick Philadelphia. Again, I think they've been a more balanced team. I think they'll come ready to play. But again, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, so it's hard to pick against him. Um, but I, I, I think Philadelphia will win this. And again, I'm a little bit of an NFC guy, so if it's right there in the middle, uh, even though it, it was funny, um, you know, I was talking, you know, your mom and I were talking, and um, I, I don't dislike either team. So sometimes you get in there and you just, boy, I don't want them yeah. to win, you know, um, or, you know, for, from there. Sometimes, unfortunately, you get both teams in in there, you know, yeah. um, and, and then, then then you're really in a bad spot. But in this case, I like I said, I like, I like both teams, um, but I, I, I would pick Philadelphia in this one. I mean, the fact that Tom Brady's not playing, we all win. <laughs> Um, so, so there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at this, they, they both average pretty much the same amount of points per game, Kansas city, a point higher, uh, but defensively, uh, Kansas city's allowed 20 points per game, which is not a bad number. The Eagles have allowed seven points a game. Uh, they're allowing 140 yards less per game than Kansas city. But again, Patrick Mahomes is different. He's special. Um, so how it all evens out, I don't know. Uh, again, I'll lean towards Philadelphia. That's my official pick, but man, I, this is not one that I would, if I was a gambler, I would not put money on this one. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you had some other Super Bowl thoughts you wanted to discuss. Yeah, I just, you know, as I was thinking about the Super Bowl, it's kind of interesting because I, I've been alive for all the Super Bowls. I've probably I've probably watched that's it. I've probably watched a little bit of most of them. Uh, some I've watched the whole game, but probably not a lot from there. But uh, you know, the Super Bowl, of course, has changed so much, and um, the NFL, of course, has done a good job of promoting it. Of course, television has, and then you have uh, the advertisers, the sponsor. Everybody gets a piece of the Super Bowl, and it, it's almost like a holiday. Um, it, it really, it's a big day. I remember, you know, for a, a little while, um, I worked in a grocery store and I never realized until then that Super Bowl was one of the four big times of the year for as far as that was concerned. And so it's a lot to do with economy and that. But as I thought about the Super Bowl, you know, this is Super Bowl 57. And um, it's interesting when you look at it, there's only 20, there's 32 football teams. Only 20 have won the Super Bowl. So 57 Super Bowls divided among 20, 12 teams have not won. And four of those 12 teams have not been in a Super Bowl. Um, that's a little surprising to me when you think about it. 57 years now, there's a lot more parity in the league these last few years than there used to be. But um, that was interesting because there used to be, you know, a few years ago, there were more teams that hadn't have been in it. But now there's just four. Two of those are newer teams, obviously, the Texans and the Jaguars. But there's two old franchises, the Browns and the Lions, you know, who have not been in a Super Bowl. Um, and then there's another eight who have not won one. And that's kind of interesting, too. 
Um, and as I thought about Super Bowls and you think about, you know, dynasties and stuff like that, um, you know, a lot of the talk, we talked about Mahomes and people like that. But I think when you look back historically, most of the time you talk about coaches. Um, when I think back about, you know, you look at Super Bowls, dynasties and Super Bowls, of course, Vince Lombardi, you know, the trophies named after him. Um, but you look at teams, of course, you know, the Patriots. Well, you, you think of Belichick. You, you really do when you say what's been consistent through all of that. The Steelers have had different coaches, but again, when they were won, what, four in a row, four right there close together, it was Chuck Knoll. And then you had Bill Walsh in uh, San Francisco. And when you look back, you know, coaches uh, definitely, I think you look back and, and say, oh, the coach had a lot to do with that. Now, some of the teams that have won multiple Super Bowls have done it with different coaches. Pittsburgh has and different ones there. Um, you know, the, the MVP of the game is always going to be, you know, a player. Uh, most of the time, a quarterback. It was funny. I was thinking back about MVPs, and you mentioned about it could be a defensive guy. You know, there's been, what, three or four, at least four times, three or four times, I think, where defensive players have been named um there and the first time a defensive player was named MVP, it was on the losing team. That was interesting. But Chuck Howley from the Cowboys, they lost on a last second field goal. And that was one of the more exciting Super Bowls, really, decided the second field goal with the Baltimore Colts. But Howley was named uh, the MVP. And then, of course, you've had a, the Dallas had that with Randy White. I think Randy White, maybe two tall Jones were co MVPs or something like that. And, um, you know, there's been different different ones with defense. I think Richard Dent, you know, different ones there. So, um, you know, the Super Bowl is an interesting thing, and it's become really so big now. But, um, you know, again, they're, they're, you know, everyone's not been in it. That's probably what makes it special. You know, not every coach has won it. Not every team has won it. So it's still special to win the Super Bowl. And it's really kind of special to get in the Super Bowl um, at this point. You know, that adds things to people's resumes. Um, but, you know, Super Bowl is a big deal. Super Bowl Sunday is something everybody marks on their calendar. And like I said, it's big, big in the economy. And But even fans, you know, still that are casual football fans, they're going to watch the Super Bowl or they're going to be in tune with it. Uh, and probably people that don't know much about football can tell you who's playing in the Super Bowl. So they've done a great job at making that really a part, you know, of Americana in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it's interesting for several years there. Um, and dad, you're starting to break up a little bit. You might want to, to, uh, go to option number two, if you have it. Um, but, uh, several, Years there in the AFC, it was either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger. The only teams that were making it in the AFC, the only quarterbacks that were making it in the AFC. We finally broke that. Now we've had Patrick Mahomes in several years, Joe Burrow in, of course, last year as well. But one thing you talked about was the um, just the night, the Super Bowl evening, how people make it an event, a lot of parties, a lot of uh, getting together with family or church friends or just community friends, whatever it may be. And, uh, and having a good time with it. And that kind of brings me to this final topic when we're covering the NFL is the food aspect of it. I know we've got our menu set uh, for our house with some chicken wings 
and uh, buffalo chicken dip and some different things like that. Uh, Dad, are you guys, do you have plans, food plans for Super Bowl? We really don't because, again, just moving and everything like that. Um, we haven't really haven't really talked about that or worked on that yet. Um, you know, probably we'll have something special somewhere down the line, but we will see. Uh, as we're talking about food, that brings me, brings me to our um, – let's see here, Dad. I'm going to pull this up so you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, that brings us to our sponsor, Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, if you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural Black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and demand. Uh, let's see here. They have the best tasting, best textured, freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. And if you go to Righteous felon.com and use the promo code belly up you're gonna get 15 percent off your purchase i have more righteous felon jerky uh sitting in my mailbox hopefully this weekend uh as well all right we're gonna make a move here Let's see if we can't get this right on the screen one second here all right we're gonna go i think we're switching to this one all right are you there dad yes okay okay yeah, good uh let's see here i want to kick all right very good all right uh so that is the nfl of course the super bowl coming up uh this week and should be a lot of fun looking forward to uh watching and uh paying attention to everything that goes on there with the super bowl this weekend yeah what one, one thing i was thinking about too i was going to ask you and we didn't we didn't talk about this off air but um what's the first super bowl you remember watching or remember you know knowing a lot about san francisco denver okay or no cincinnati san francisco cincinnati uh boomer was that boomer esiason yeah and joe montana if i remember correct okay uh john taylor i remember him wide receiver for san francisco of course jerry rice um but yeah san francisco cincinnati is the one that i remember all right and I'm sure there was one earlier than that, but that's that's what comes to mind when I think of childhood Super Bowls. Um, that's the one that comes. I don't know which one that was, what year that was, any of that kind of stuff. But gotcha. Yeah, nonetheless. But uh, yeah, that's that's a, you know you've been around like you said for all of them, um, and the Packers became your favorite team as a kid. You were from Illinois, uh, yet a Packer fan, but Bart Starr and the Packers' success early on was a big part of that, right? Right, right. Yeah, that was it. I remember um, one of the first games I remember watching a lot was the Ice Bowl, which I think um, was getting into the second Super Bowl and uh, the NFC Championship there, or what now would be the NFC. It was the NFL Championship then. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I latched on to them and stayed with them um, all along from there. So, but yeah, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl got big pretty quick. You know, the first year, nobody knew what it would be like, but, um, as it went on and then of course the Jets with Joe Namath, that made it real popular when he predicted and they won and things just kind of started to build from there. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right, dad, let's get into some other history. Uh, in the NBA this week, LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time scoring leader in the NBA. 
This does not make LeBron James the greatest of all time. It just means he's played for a really long time, and he's a very good basketball player. I don't mean to take that away from him. Um, and it's a it's a huge accomplishment. I just look at it and go, okay, whatever. Uh, athletes are playing longer, but he's had successful career. He's going to score more points, whatever. I don't see this as a massive deal. Should I see this as a massive deal? Um. I mean, it, you know, like I said, it, you know, you know, history, he'll go down, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, who is the leading scorer um, in the NBA, you know, it'll be LeBron James. But I, I think when you get almost all professional sports now, statistics are, it, it's, it's not really fair because the games change. Games change, rules change, the length of the season changes. And uh, like I said, LeBron James is a great player, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went four years to college before he started playing. And uh, so, you know, LeBron, but LeBron's, you know, done it in, 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 in a shorter number of games, I guess. But um, it, I, I think when you look at, at overall records like that in professional sports, um, it's a little tough now because it's not, it's, it's not apples and apples. And it's that way in a lot of sports. There's more NFL games now in a season. You know, things are, are different. Rules are different. And, um, you know, it, it, it's that way all the way along, even baseball and different things like that. So, um, but again, I don't think you want to take any way thing, anything away from LeBron James. And, um, you know, um, you know, he's, he's been a great player. He's played a long time. Uh, is he the greatest? No, I don't think so. Uh, but, you know, he's right up there at the top. You can't say yeah. he's not one of the top, you know, four, five, or ten for sure. Uh, again, I go back a little further than some people do, so there's some there's some good players that you, I don't think you can overlook, but, um, but LeBron James is definitely one of the best. Um... Speaking of weird guys, we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Kyrie Irving gets traded this week. I know you don't watch a whole lot of NBA, neither do I. Uh, try to keep up with it, of course. But you asked me earlier this week when we were on the phone, you said, is this good? You know, and I was like, I don't – if it's my team, I don't want him on my team. He's been a locker room cancer uh, ever since he went to Boston. And I just – you know, can it work? Sure. Is he a great basketball player when he plays? Sure. I just think he's a mental basket case, and I'm not sure that he's going to actually help Dallas or not. Uh, if he plays like he played in Cleveland, then, yeah, it'll be great for him. But it's been a while since he's been able to just dedicate himself to basketball. And uh, when you're getting paid that much money, you should be dedicated to what you're getting paid to do. And I don't feel like he is, so it's an interesting move. Only time will tell if it works out. And there's other trades coming. Uh, lots of stuff going on right now, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on that right now, uh, but interesting to see at the very least. Uh, Dad, the last thing we want to talk about today is uh, Major League Baseball made some rule changes. I uh, just kind of want to go over those quickly. We we talked about them. I talked about them on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show on Sunday. If you missed that, you can go back and catch it right wherever you get the podcast for the Sports Stove Podcast. It's in the same feed. Uh, you can find the fantasy baseball show there. Um, Dan, I want to start with the shift on the ban. Uh, they the pan on the shift. I did that on Sunday too. The ban on the shift. Um, only four players allowed in the infield. 
They got to stay in the dirt until until the pitch uh, is released. And uh, you, I, I did not know this on Sunday, but you cannot move your shortstop to second base and your second base to the shortstop. You've got to maintain position integrity and uh, uh, on the infield. Now, the outfield can shift, um, but the infield cannot. Um, uh, it's going to open things up. Left-handed batters are going to be most positively affected by this or impacted by this. Uh, right-handed pitchers are going to be hurt the most by this. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a massive difference in year one because people have been trying to hit the ball in the air versus on the ground, and it's going to take time for them to adjust. But uh, what do you think about the ban on the shift? Well, I, I think anything you can keep more traditional is good. So I, I think, you know, um, I, I think it's good to not have that. Again, I think baseball, the more it can get back to, you know, hitting and running and things like that, um, will be will be good, um, be good for the sport, good for fans. Um, again, you know, a casual fan turns on baseball and all of a sudden here's everybody in the outfield and shifted over and it's like, you know, kind of, well, what's going on here? So, um, I, you know, it, it will open it up a little bit, but I think that's probably, I think the changes they've made are probably good. And I think, you know, banning the shift is a good idea. Yeah, it's not really about getting to tradition. It's about opening up the offense. We've seen pretty much every sport do this. The NFL changed rules, added rules, whatever, to make it harder on the defense so the offense can, can, can score more. The NHL did this in the past. Um, uh, this is what you do. The NBA has done this as well. It creates offense by changing this rule. Now, I still think you're going to see shifts in the outfield where you're going to have basically no one in left field. Um, which if the batters I mean, who are getting paid millions can learn how to hit the opposite way, it won't be a problem. But um, I like it as well. I, I was okay with the, with the shift, but I like it being gone. The other interesting rule they're changing is the pitch timer. It's basically like a play clock. Uh, pitchers will have 20 seconds to pitch, to pitch the ball if there's someone on base, 15 seconds to pitch uh, if there's no one on base. And the batters have to be in the batter's box within eight seconds of that clock starting, uh, which is going to change up several different things. Uh, it is going to have an impact on some pitchers. But um, they also limited how many times you can uh, try to pick someone off. So you can throw it twice on the third pickoff attempt. If you don't get the pickoff, that that runner gets gets a base. So, And by the way, the pitch count or the pitch timer if the pitcher doesn't get it off in time, it's an automatic ball. If the batter doesn't get in the box on time, it's an automatic strike. How do you feel about that rule? Um, I, I think something to speed up the game is probably good. And I think players will adjust pretty quickly. I think early in the season, it'll be a little bit different. But again, it's just a matter, you know, of again, you know, the batter getting in there and being ready to go. Uh, the pitcher getting ready, I would think, you know, with spring training and everything here, um, should give them enough chance to get used to that. And I think the idea of speeding the game up um, is probably good. You know, I think last year when they changed, you know, where you couldn't, have pitchers pitch one pitch and then change to another pitcher. That type of thing was very good. Yeah. And um, I, I think speeding the game up um, will be good. I don't think it will hurt the integrity of it. It will just be a matter of players um, 
you know, getting used to it. I did listen to your guys' podcast, and it was very good. And one thing, you know, was mentioned there was um, this will probably create more base stealing. And I think that'll be exciting for the fans, too. You know, again, I'm, you know, I'm older, so I remember Maury Wills and Lou Brock and things like that and big things about stealing bases. And it uh, sounds like be a lot more base stealing with some of these rules. Yeah, it should kick it up a little bit for sure. Dad, while we were doing this show, another NBA trade happened. Uh, Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves sending uh, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick to Utah. Mike Conley Jr. and a second-round pick to Minnesota. Um, Interesting all the way around, really. Um, See if it works for the Lakers. They're trying to figure something out. And there's been issues with Russell Westbrook, another guy who's been a problem for some coaches. Uh, So we'll see how that shakes out as well. Dad, we'll talk about more about the MLB. We'll actually get into our Major League Baseball preview episodes coming up here pretty fast, probably in March. Uh, we'll start breaking down the divisions and things like that as well. And again, Super Bowl this weekend. So next week we'll be uh, recapping the Super Bowl and talking some college sports uh, as well as uh, any other breaking news that happens throughout the week. Um, also, anything else you want to add before we close out tonight? No, and hopefully next week we will know, well, maybe not by by next Wednesday, but hopefully the darkness will subside and the light will come and we'll know some answers here one of these days. So. Oh, we can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> uh, follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Don't forget to visit RighteousFelon.com to get your jerky. Uh, hopefully mine arrives tomorrow. Uh, my next shipment, I already had some. Very good. Uh, next shipment hopefully arriving tomorrow. Use code uh, promo code belly up to get 15% off your purchase. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.